even in the fire. Wow. When I was preparing this morning, God kept like reminding me of seasons, being in a season of something. Some of us are in a season of the fire. The enemy has, he has seen how we worship. He has seen how we prepare. He has, he has noticed how we are in relationship with God and he is, he is offended. The enemy has created a fire for us so heavy that those that are trying to throw us in the fire are being consumed. Some of us are in a fire right now, and the devil wants you to believe that you are alone. His, his main goal is to make you believe that you are dealing with what you are dealing with by yourself. But even in the fire, when we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we see that they were not alone. Before Jesus even showed up, they were in the fire together. I could not stress, I could not stress any more than, I, than, I, than God will give me words for right now, that this is a church that will not leave you alone in the fire. The season that you're in right now, the feelings that you are dealing with, the people that are in this building have been praying for you. They have been, they have been literally going through the flames with you on your behalf. And the enemy is going to get to a point in your situation in this season that he's going to say, look, there is one in the fire with them. And we are going to get out of this season, as the word says, looking like we went through no flames at all, no smoke residue. The devil wants us to believe that we're alone. He wants us to believe that he has put us in a place and in a situation so that we are tempted to believe that we are alone. Temptation is the message for today. Temptation does two things. It makes us think that we want more than. And then it also makes us believe that we are less than. Two things. It makes us believe that we need more than what we actually have. And then on top of that, it makes us believe that we are less than who we actually are. In the movie Coach Carter, the coach says to a, a guy, his name is uh, Cruz, he says, what is your greatest fear? He's seen what Cruz was going through over and over again throughout the movie. He's seen the attitudes. He's seen, the, he's seen him jump out of pocket. He's seen him cussing. He's seen him wanting to fight. He's seen him selling drugs. He's seen him joining gangs. He's seen that he really loved basketball, but he was not putting it all into that sport. And he asked himself, what is your greatest fear? I ask you that same thing today. What is your greatest fear? fear. The Bible tells us that fear is the cousin of death. That's the book of Joseph. That is not in the Bible. It's in the book of Joseph, chapter 12, second column. It's right next to uh, when praises go up, blessings come down. It's in the same book. You, you got that copy? But the Bible does tell us, fear not, because I am I'm with you. One of the things that Jesus wanted to make sure that we understood is that he is with us. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Fear not, for I am with you. And a lot of times I feel like, okay, God, fear not, for I am with you. But why is that important? And he tells me, because I am God. How important is that in our lives? For God to be God. Then he goes forward and he says, the reason why that's important is because I will strengthen you. Okay, Lord, but when you strengthen me, what happens next? He just continues to answer your questions. I'm going to help you in that fire that you're in. I'm just not going to have you strong, but burning. I'm going to help you. Let's get to our scriptures. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Temptation. There's some things that you're going to have to believe over these next 10, 15, 20 minutes that I'm up here. And if you don't believe them, I promise you everything that I say is just going to fall upon deaf ears. And one of the things that you're going to have to believe deep down in your spirit and soul is that Christ is in you and God is with you. Christ is in you and God is with you. Our word says in verse 1, in Jesus full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and the glory, for it has been delivered to me. And I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. This is when it gets good right here. It says, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Do you believe that Christ is in you? Paul says, I am crucified with Christ and in It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Paul asked the question for a reason. Do you realize that Christ Jesus is in you? That same movie, it goes into fear, and and, and the same person, Cruz, he says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light not our darkness that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. Let me say that one more time. And as we let our light shine, We unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Some of us have been feeling like the fire, the wilderness, the desert, the barren place, 
the difficult place. We've been tying that up to our spiritual connection with God, and we've been feeling like, I'm not doing enough, and that's the reason why I'm going through what I'm going through. The barren place, the dark place, the, the, the place that makes me feel without, that makes me feel hungry, that has me sick, that has me, that has me overthinking, that has me praying all the time, that has me always in tears. It has me in a place to make me feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing spiritually. But the Bible tells us in, in, in chapter 4 that the, the, the Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led into this place. He was led into this barren place. He was led into this place where there was no food, where he was lacking. But he went there for a reason. You cannot measure how good you are doing spiritually by your circumstances. Hungrier than ever alone. Crying more than ever. Praying more than ever. But full of the Holy Ghost is exactly where we need to be. The wilderness is exactly where God wants us. It's a place of growth. Some of us are in a desert right now. We don't see any fruit. We crowd ourselves to sleep. We've been asking God, Lord, have I been trying? Have I not been serving? I'm up all night praying. I'm seeking your face. My, my tears are my only food. All I see is darkness. All I feel is pain. All I have is hunger. All I see is crime. All I see is death. All I see is sickness. All I see is, is crime. All I see is racism. All I see is... God is saying, don't worry. Your current wilderness, check this out, is building you up so much. You're going to be so full of the Holy Ghost when I get through with you in this season that when you get done talking to the devil, he's going to walk away from you completely. The same devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The same devil that comes to sift us as wheat. The same devil that's prowling around like a roaring lion looking to destroy. Make no mistake, he does not come to hurt, he comes to destroy. He's not coming to mess up your relationship, he's coming to destroy it. He's not coming to, 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 to knock your finances off a little bit, he's coming to destroy it. He's, he's not coming to just twinkle with your marriage he's coming to destroy it he's coming to destroy your relationship with your children he's he's coming to destroy this isn't something that we should take lightly what we're going through isn't just something for now it's something that we have to literally pray fast prepare get in our word this is a season where everything is literally getting worse people won't even get on airplanes normal now the schools are different. The streets are different. The community is different. The hate is different. This is not a wilderness that is supposed to be taken lightly. We have to be just as Jesus is in the wilderness in this situation, full of the Holy Ghost and ready to answer the devil with each and every circumstance with the word of God. So what is the devil's aim? Our first point. Our first point. His, his aim is to make us want the crown and not the cross. He wants us to want the crown and not want the cross. And, and he wants us to want worldly authority. He wants us to want worldly titles. He wants us to be highly and lifted up. Not lift him up, but for us to be high and lifted up. 
He wants us to care too much about what people think. He wants us to care too much about what people see in us. He wants us to care about each and every time somebody says our name behind the scenes. He wants us to care about what people think about us more than what he thinks about us. He's talking to me right now, Corey. The pride of life. You know how I know that we want the crown more than we want the cross in some situations? Because I can tell you who the apostles are at certain churches just by their Facebook page. I can tell you who the evangelists are. I can tell you who, who, who the pastors are just by their Facebook page. Go to our, our pastor's Facebook page. You know his middle name and have no clue what he does at the place that he works at. It doesn't even, you might think that he's the custodian before you would think that he's a pastor because his title is, I work at Third Street. You know why? Because if, if this title was about Corey James Hunker, it was says he wants the cross, not the crown. He wants the cross. He wants the hard portion of the kingdom, which is why it says unite, renew, restore. What? I'm going to have to take this off. I'm not as smart as I look. The red button. Sorry, everyone on YouTube. Just fast forward for me five seconds. Check, check, check. Are we good? Now, where was I at? Corey. Old goat. Old goat James. Inadequate means lacking. Inadequate just means lacking. What you need for your purpose. We are the only thing that God created that he gave a purpose for, a purpose to, and we decide, I'm just not going to do it. Miss Cease, just imagine if you sat on that chair and your chair was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to be a chair today. Yeah. Pick me up and write with me. I'm going to be a pen. Well. <laughs> just imagine if he turned the camera on and the camera was like, no, nah, I, I want you to sit on me today. I'm not going to record nothing. But that's what we do. As children of God, created with a purpose, created for a reason, and we tell God when and when we're not going to do what he asked us to do. And it's normally because what he's asking us to do is a little bit more difficult than we want. And that's what the devil was trying to get Jesus to do. The whole verse 1 through 14, I need you to really just take this easy way out. I can give you the crown. You don't have to, you don't really have to go to the cross, right? Just go ahead and jump. What does the word say? We know that the word tells us that we have to pick up the cross and follow him. But we want the fame. We want the authority. We want the crown. And the devil wants us to believe that there's an easier way. You don't have to go through all of this. You ain't supposed to be hungry. You're not supposed to be lowly. 
if you are a child of God. That's what he kept asking Jesus. If you are the son of God, what are the promises of the Lord? His help, his faithfulness, his wisdom, his peace, his joy, his love, his strength. My wife asked me this question yesterday. The word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. What do we substitute for everything? Paul says, and I want to say it's like Acts 8, 18 or something like that. He says, the thing that I want to do, the cross, that's the thing that I keep slipping up on. But the thing that I don't want to do, the crown, that's the thing that I keep trying to get. That's the thing that I keep on slipping up on. My wife said, baby, what is the everything that people are putting into that scripture? And I'll tell you what I was putting into that scripture. I was putting in the material things. So many times I've heard people say things like, oh, all I got to do is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then God will give me my husband. Then God will give me my job. Then God will give me my money. Then God will give me my house. Then God will give me my car. Then God will give me all the material things that have me But I don't think that that's what God is promising us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. And then I will make sure that whatever you have, you have joy in. You have peace in. You have fullness in. That you have. We've gotten into a place to where. Let me stop saying we. I had myself into a place where I was continuously telling God all of my problems and I forgot to tell my problems who my God is. We have been telling God all of our problems and haven't been telling our problems about our God at all. I know what you think. You think that you're just going to take but let me tell you who my provider is. You, you, you think that you're just going to attack my body, but let me tell you who my healer is. When are we going to start the posture of being strong, knowing that God is with us and Christ is in us? It's a reason why he told us that we would do greater things. Point number two. We are tempted by our own hunger. Quick story. And it's about my wife. I apologize. When she was a young lad, everybody here has been in a situation to where you go, you go home and there's some type of like fundraiser, right? and you got these like 40 candy bars or whatever the case may be, right? And when she was young, you know, her older sister had brung home a fundraiser. Now she was young, she, she knew not. She knew not what a fundraiser was. All she knew was there was a box of 40 Reese cups 
in the closet. So the first thing she did was she just took one. That's where it starts. When you're tempted by your own hunger, you just take a little bit and you see what you can get away with. And when she took the first one and nobody said nothing, she felt to herself, Dio, she felt like she was good. Because if I wasn't supposed to be doing this, then something bad would have probably happened immediately. So what she did after that is, little by little, she just kept eating more and more. But the more and more that that hunger starts to get fulfilled inside, you start to feel bad enough to know that maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but the Reese Cups, if you like Reese Cups, you know that they're so amazing that over a period of time, you just keep on indulging. Next thing you know, she's hiding in the closet with Reese Cups, and she gets caught. When I was listening to the story, I was on her side all the way into the point where she was like, but then they caught me in the closet. I was like, dang, why was you hiding in the closet? You must have known that this was something that you weren't supposed to be doing. Some of us have been trapped in the closet, unable to fulfill the things that God has told us to do because we have been so ashamed of the things that we have been hungering for that now we are trapped. We have put ourselves in a box in the darkness trying to hide the things that we've been doing and now we're not fulfilling the purposes of God, tempted by our own hunger. But it all started with that little piece. It all started with that little bit of sneakiness. And the thing about it is, we're selling our birthright. We're giving away the thing that God has created specifically for us. And we're capable. God has given us the ability to do the things that he wants us to do. But we want to take the easy way out. We want to allow for other people to do it for us. When you look at it, Jacob and Esau, when you look at the end of the story of Jacob and Esau, his dad said, I want you to go make the meal that I love. What that tells me right there is Esau has the ability to make a meal. He has the ability to go out, kill, prepare, and then eat. But what did he do just a couple chapters earlier? He went out and he killed. And then he came back and was like, Jacob, I'm so hungry. Yeah. I'm so hungry that I don't want to go the hard way. I don't want to prepare because I'm tired. I've I just been out doing all. So now I just want you to, and, and if you do, then I'll just take whatever you make for me and I'll give you whatever in response. A lot of us have given people something that is not ours to give in the first place. His birthright wasn't his to give away in the first place. A lot of us have been hungering for something so much. We've been telling ourselves that we're starving, telling ourselves that we're starving. My children will tell me after five hours that they're starving. Jesus was in the desert for 40 days, and Satan said, you got to be hungry. Turn this stone into bread. First and foremost, anything the devil offers you is not good enough to ever fulfill what you actually need inside. I ain't ate in 40 days, and you expect for this little piece of bread to fulfill something. No, 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 no. Man cannot live off of bread alone, but out of every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Some of us have been giving away things that didn't belong to you in the first place. I speak for me, I gave away my purity the first time that I had sex before marriage. That was something that wasn't mine to give away. But why? Because of my hunger. Because of my hunger. 
I know he's young, so I don't want to go too deep. I skip. I skip it. What's the most valuable thing that we have to give to God right now? The most valuable thing that we have to give to God right now, I think it's our time. I think it's our time. Have we been worshiping God with our time or have we been worshiping Satan? How many times did you say in the last two months, the last three months, or over the pandemic, I'm going to get to this thing that I have for God as soon as I get done with this thing that I'm doing over here. I've watched all seven seasons of A Different World. (laughs) I think I've binge watched almost every episode of Netflix, Hulu, and in that period of time, I did not read the Bible all the way through one time. Time wasted. You know how many seasons? You remember like back in the day, like in the early 90s, it was like 30 seasons, 30 episodes in one season. I watched all seven seasons of A Different World. That's like 210 episodes. And throughout that period of time, I never once read the Bible all the way through. Time wasted. In the midst of time, when I'm going to be tried in every avenue that I go through, in a midst of time that every enemy that I've ever created is trying to throw me in a fire and I need to be full of the Holy Ghost, ready to give a word. But all I can do is tell you what happened in season four, episode five, when Whitney and... Maybe it's just me. Last step, last step, last point. You remember that time? Now, this one is, is, is a little bit different. I feel, I feel like step one and step two is like what Satan is trying to do to us specifically to keep us away from the will of God. But, but point three is a little bit different. Point three to me is what Satan tries to do through other people that love us to keep us away from doing the will of God. You remember that time that Jesus called Peter Satan? You remember that time that Peter loved Jesus so much that he told him, you are not supposed to die for me. That cannot, like he said, if this is the truth, then far be it from the truth that you would actually lose your life for me. The third point that I have for you today before I wrap up today is be weary of the people in your life who love you too much. Love you so much that they are literally trying to keep you away from doing the things of God. Sometimes you can love someone past what God has for you to love them. Can I get two volunteers? I need two people to come up here. When Abraham, when Abraham, uh, yeah, I got two. When Abraham was, was, was given the message to go forth and kill his son, The Bible says that he rose up early in the morning, he grabbed his son, and he grabbed his people. And then he went off on his journey, right? And when he went off on his journey, 
It got to a point that God said, that's what I have for you to do right there. Right there. That's where we're going. You was walking blind previous to this moment right now with just the son and your peoples. But right now I'm telling you, this is exactly what I have for you to do. What's the first thing Abraham said? He said, you got to stop right here. I'll come back for you. But for me to be able to do what God has for me to do, our friendship needs to really slow down right here. And the reason why is because if I take my son and I take my knife and I try to kill him, the first thing she's going to try to do is take it from me. A lot of people have been trying to tell you that you're not supposed to be doing what God told you to do. And because you didn't stop the rent relationship or stop the friendship when you were supposed to, you have been not fulfilling what God has told you to do. I call those type of people boat folk. B-O-A-T, and then according to where you grew up, you can spell folk how you want to. <laughs> so I want you to come close. You come close. These two people are in a boat with me, right? Come a little closer. Come a little closer. They in a the boat with me. Y'all love me. We've been doing ministry together for years. You done seen me go through a lot. I done seen you go through a lot. You done seen me go through a lot. I done seen you go through a lot. And since y'all know me, y'all know I can't swim. I can't swim. Now I'm being serious. If we ever go anywhere as a church, I can't swim. All right? <laughs> so I want to get to Jesus. And Jesus is outside of this boat. And you know I can't what? Swim. Can I swim? No. So Jesus is outside of this boat, and I can't swim. And you love me. You don't want me to die, do you? You love me? Yeah. You don't want me to die, do you? No. This is my guy right here. <laughs> now, I see Jesus, and the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to hop out this boat. What you going to do? You going to hop out with me? Why you going to hop out with me? Because I'm going to drown? All right. What you going to do? Um, I'm going to grab a floaty. You grab a floaty? <laughs> All right. I appreciate both of y'all. Thank y'all. Y'all can go back. Does anybody else have anything else that they would add to what they would do? You're going to pull me back in the boat. So I got three people that's rocking with me, right? The first person is like, I'm going to get you a device. Forget the fact that this is pre-cell phone and all that type of stuff and we way back in Jesus' time. I'm going to get you a floaty and we're going to make sure that you don't drown. She said, I'm jumping in with you. Forget the fact that you're going to do all the, the crazy stuff that people do when they can't swim and you might actually bring me down. And then she said, I'm going to actually grab you before you jump out of the boat. All three of these people have proven my point. Nobody said, I'm going to tell you, have faith, walk on the water, and get to Jesus. Everybody is a boat folk normally when they love someone because the only thing that I can think of is the natural and the worldly thing which is your well-being I have to think about what's going to happen to you God does not want us thinking of worldly things and I promise you Sylvester it's a scripture that lines up with exactly what's on my mind right now. But I was crying so much when the choir was up here that I'm, I'm, a, little, I'm a little off. A little off than I normally would be. But I know that he says, 
What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And then after that, he says, I want you to be content with what I give you. Jesus was completely content in the wilderness. 40 days. There was nothing better for him than to be in the presence of his father, praying, fasting. And when he became hungry, this is when the devil came in and tried to attack his weakness. Exactly what he wanted to do was he wanted to separate Jesus to a point that Jesus would choose to do his own thing instead of doing what God has for him to do. If there's nothing else that you take from what I'm saying, from saying to you today, the moral of the story is the devil wants you to believe that your current state isn't good enough. He told Jesus that if he was the son of God, then he shouldn't be going through all of this. And he's telling you the same thing. How are you going to be truly a child of God dealing with sickness, death, hunger, financial problems, stress, marital problems, doubt, so forth, so forth. If you are a child of God, then you should have these things. You should have the big house. You should have the big car. You should have all the money. These are the things that are supposed to come with the kingdom. No, they're not. The kingdom comes with peace, joy, strength. The fruits of the Spirit. These are the things that we should be yearning for. These are the things that God wants us to have. He does not want us to be tempted so much by what the world is offering that we end up wanting worldly authority instead of godly authority. Because I promise you, worldly authority gets us nowhere. Worldly authority has never really helped anybody. But it's the godly authority that he has given us that is keeping us capable to actually change the world. When my wife cooks dinner at night, five of the seven people in my house do the same thing. I won't say which five it is. Yes, I will. It's everybody but Caleb and Candace. We all do the same thing. We sit down, we look at our plate, and then we look at everybody else's plate. Okay. And it's normally Jeremy who says, he's got more than me. The thing about this posture is we forget that the person who made the meal has more than enough. There's no reason to covet what the person next to us have. There's, there's no reason to have a temptation to want more than what's on our plate. There's no reason to want anything to change. When it got to the point in the boat where Jesus was asleep and the disciples were worried because the wind was blowing and the water was getting in and the waves were crushing, they never thought to themselves that we're rocking with the dude who knows all things. Amen. And I don't know if I've said this here before, but I know I've said it before. Jesus was sleeping in the stern of the boat. We got any boaters here? People that like to be out in the ocean? <laughs> the stern of the boat is the place of the boat that does the direction. Yeah. It's the part of the boat that actually steers the boat to go in the right way. Jesus was asleep, but he was asleep in the part of the boat 
that made sure that the boat was going in the right direction in the first place. Even though it seems like God hasn't been hearing the things that you've been asking, even though it seems like maybe he's asleep, know that he's asleep in the stern of your life and every direction that you're going into is the exact direction that he wanted you to be in in the first place. And when he gets up, he's not just going to speak to the thing that's causing or he's not just going to speak to the thing that's the problem. He didn't get up from the stern of the boat and say, waves, be quiet, and then he went back to sleep. But he got up and he said, waves, be quiet, and then on top of that, a wind. I'm going to need you to chill all the way out because you're out of pocket, and you're not doing what I created you to do in the first place. A lot of times in life, we speak to the waves and we don't speak to the wind, and then the waves end up coming back and we don't understand why. And the reason why is because we're not allowing for the Holy Spirit inside of us to talk to the wind so that the waves won't be a problem again. The last thing I'll say before I get out of here is never be too tempted to remember who you are. Inadequate fear are the opposite of who you are. God said that you are the head and not the tail. He said that you are above and not beneath. You have everything in you to do everything that you need to do. Amen. In Jesus' name, bless up.